Welcome to Research Uncensored, a podcast by Research FDI, your trusted investment attraction and business intelligence partner. Join me, Bruce Tackethman, and my co-host, Amber Hunter, as we bring you behind the scenes with economic development professionals around the world. We're going to find out the real stories behind the project wins and get to know some of the top players in the game today. We would like to thank the Next Move Group for sponsoring today's podcast. Next Move Group helps small to medium-sized companies, communities, and organizations create economic growth through executive searches that assist economic development organizations with hiring quality EDO professionals. They also provide site selection services to manufacturers, in addition to a suite of products designed to help organizations be successful. Welcome to another episode of Research Uncensored. Joined as always by my co-host, Amber Hunter. Hello, Bruce. I only have one thing to say, and that is, go Habs, go! (laughs) Indeed. I think I woke up my wife at 11 p.m. cheering as the Habs got the game-winning goal in Game 6 against the Golden Knights. We're off to the Stanley Cup Finals, baby! Woo! Oh, it was a thing of beauty. You know, me and my husband are in Vancouver and we both started jumping up and down like children screaming. So I think everyone in the building is now well aware that we're Montrealers. But I wanted to ask you because I do believe that you had a fun little bet with our Vegas and our Toronto clients. Can you maybe tell our listeners a little bit about what that entailed? Yeah, so after the Canadians beat the Toronto, our, our hated rival, Toronto Maple Leafs, in seven games, Sean Dyke had to wear a Canadians jersey for 24 hours. He even went to sleep in it. I have photo evidence if you want to see it. Commitment. Um, in, in round two, we didn't really have anyone we could really gamble with in Winnipeg, so we didn't have any wagers on that series. But in uh, this round, round three, the semifinals, uh, we had a bet with uh, Jared Smith, who will soon be rocking a number 14 Montreal Canadiens Suzuki jersey. So we're looking forward to that. I think we're going to have to ask for photo evidence of that as well, and then maybe get it framed. <laughs> well, I look forward to Jared walking down the Vegas Strip with that Suzuki jersey. Yeah, and we appreciate we appreciate Jared, uh, one of our one of our loyal listeners. So thank you, Jared, and uh, it's all in good fun. So with that being said, I know we have a really great listener today who's, if I would say, maybe the queen of marketing. Uh, she's got um, you know over fifteen years of experience uh, working in marketing and economic development. So without further ado, I think we should welcome on Jennifer Wakefield, CEO of the Greater Richmond Partnership. So let's dial her in. All right, let's welcome our next guest all the way from Richmond, Virginia, Jen Wakefield. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Please share with our listeners uh, more about your current role at GRP and your, and your journey to the CEO position at the Great Richmond Partnership. Um, I have worked in marketing for the last 20-something years, uh, but 15 of those have been in economic development. But I like to say that I'm working my way around the Monopoly board uh, because I began in uh, banking while I was in college. I worked in banking. And uh, my first job out of college, I worked for an electric utility. Then I went to work for the Metropolitan Planning Organization and Transportation before I found my way into economic development. So I can almost pass go and collect $200. Yeah, there, there you go, right? So now <laughs> you, you had the interesting situation, really. Um, I guess you took over the CEO position of GRP uh, in Richmond, the, the position of president, I guess, during the pandemic. How did it affect your organizational building and affect your ability to uh, run the organization? Yeah, so um, actually our organization has really kind of been in transition since 2018. Our previous CEO, Barry Matherly, had been here for a number of years and he chose to leave uh, at the very end of 2018. I took over as interim president and CEO in the beginning of 2019 before we had a new CEO uh, who was here for about just over a year. 
And then I became interim CEO again for a few months before finally getting the top job. So uh, it's been kind of an interesting transition time over the last three years. But what I've done uh, during that time, especially taking over, you know, during the during the lockdown, really, is just work as closely as possible with partners to set expectations for what they were looking for and analyze the heck out of everything. You know, I wanted to ask you, through our collaboration together, we had that amazing panel, I know that you consistently promote the critical role that marketing plays in economic development. And I know for a lot of our listeners, they may say, duh, that seems like a very obvious conclusion. But from my experience, a lot of times board members don't necessarily understand that correlation or how much, let's say, of a budget or resources need to be put into a marketing campaign. I would love to get some of your thoughts on that idea and what are maybe some of the best practices or organizations out there that you think are really hitting the mark in terms of marketing? Sure. Well, um, and thank you for recognizing that. So, so many organizations spend so much time focusing only on the lead generation aspect or the business development part of economic development. And that is obviously what we want. We all want to generate good quality leads that end up locating in our region. Um, but to do that, we need a few things. Uh, we need the research to prove you know, the data, and we need to be able to tell a really good story about that data. And that is marketing. And that is the top of the funnel. That's how leads get into the funnel, right? And so we need to be able to market our regions with a good uh, story to tell from, based on the research and then work those projects through until they can locate. What I would say is that oftentimes what I see is that many economic development organizations are, are somewhat siloed and more so than they should be. Uh, they should be a little more integrated because, for example, our work plan has you know, a goal that is more lead generation or business development focused and one that's more marketing focused and one that's more research focused. But the three of those work very well together and are a part of each other. So everything that is in, say, the marketing goals are business development as well. So it may hit on you know, marketing and nurturing relationships with site location consultants. Well, my VP of marketing is going to do a good job of crafting emails, but, you know, our VP or executive vice president of business development is the one who's really going to own those relationships with the site location consultants. And so they all work together and they need to be a little more integrated together and less siloed. What I would say is that the best of class organizations I see doing that and working very well together. And I would say the best of class organizations really as judged by, you know, two sources. One, Site Selection Magazine every year puts out their best of class uh, issue, I think in the May timeframe. And then DCI does their report winning strategies every three years. But if you cross-reference the organizations that are named in both, and this is named by consultants, you wind up with four different organizations. And those are Phoenix, GPEC, Charlotte, Columbus, and Austin, Texas, right? And so those are the four, as per consultants, continually, those are the best-of-class organizations. They all do an absolute phenomenal job at everything having to do with their organization, but especially with marketing. And then um, I'm a little partial, of course, to Orlando and the campaign that uh, we had created when I was there. And I think Charleston also does a really fantastic job of marketing the the region. And I would say that each of those organizations and those that I would deem as best of class typically spend at least a quarter of their budget in marketing. Interesting. You know, I had a question because I think a lot of times some people might not realize that economic development or a region, you know, it's a 
it's a job where you're branding that region. And of course, branding can be complicated because a lot of regions, you know, they benefit from their respective histories or their, you know, their acknowledgement within media and popular culture. They can work on that. You know, the New Yorks, the LAs, if you will, the Londons. I'm question, I'm wondering if you have any advice for these lesser known regions um, about different ways perhaps that they could build up their brand recognition. Well, I mean, first they need to start with research. Not, not just who do they think they are, but who do their clients think that they are, right? And so I would start with good qualitative and quantitative research among uh, C-suite executives within their targeted industries and um, site location consultants, right? And a lot of the qualitative would come from your site location consultants and can be something as simple as one-on-one conversations with the consultants uh, and what they truly think about your organization and or your, your market that you're in. And, and they will tell you. So, for instance, you know, in Orlando, we had really great brand name recognition, right? People knew Orlando, or at least they thought that they knew Orlando. What we found through research is that people truly believed that they knew all that there was to know about Orlando. But the reality was, is they didn't have a clue about at least half of the things that were going on from a technology standpoint. What we found in Richmond is that people know the name Richmond, Virginia, hopefully because they remember geography, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And because of our location, they may have driven through Richmond or they may have flown over the Richmond market, but they don't know a lot about our market apart from that there's been a lot of historical things that have gone on in our market. And so I would say that people need to not just think about what their brand is within the region, but they really need to look to their targets and ask what the perception is of those markets and then work to identify those gaps in perception. And so as opposed to having you know, a very wide reach, have a very, very narrow reach in addressing exactly what the gaps in perception are with the targets. Interesting. And, you know, obviously, a. Uh, uh due to sort of, if you will call it, the, the, the social revolution that's been going on for the past 15 months brought on by the Black Lives Matter movement, we're seeing a real um, movement towards including diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI marketing tactics that are being integrated and implemented, kind of moving forward in marketing uh, and in messaging. And I'm wondering if you have any advice for listeners that need to or are being tasked with revamping their content to include these principles um, and how you would maybe say that they could go about you know, implementing that into their content. Yeah, I would say it's absolutely critical. And you know, I just was at the Site Selectors Guild um, a few weeks ago, and we just hosted the Area Development Consultants Forum here in Richmond uh, earlier this week. And I was very excited to hear this, the consultants talk about how important ESG issues and especially DEI issues are to the process, because we've all heard companies talk a really good game in the last year and a half, and a lot of them have created funds or hired DEI officers But what we continue to see is we continue to see corporate investments in states that come out with discriminatory policies, right? And so I think it's important because what the consultants are telling me is that no more. That is not going to continue to happen, uh, that those states uh, that are coming out with some of those types of policies are uh, being taken off of the list. What companies want is what's good for people, right? And that is to be inclusive of everyone. And especially from a diversity standpoint, I think that that is um, the diversity of the Richmond market. The fact that we are a majority black city uh, is absolutely a great advantage for us. Uh, and we should leverage that uh, moving forward. Now, Jen, you mentioned uh, you, you attended the Site Selector Guild a couple of weeks ago. How did it feel to get back on the road? Did it feel good to see everybody? 
Um, it did and it didn't, you know, it was a little awkward. Like, are we doing like elbow bumps? Uh, are we doing handshakes? My goodness, are we doing hugs? Right. And so it felt really good to see people in person, but, uh, it was also a little nerve wracking kind of being, being back out there. For sure. I hear you. And uh, I guess uh, during the pandemic, you made a big hire. You mentioned five organizations that you really highlighted as best in class. So during the pandemic, uh, you made a, a, a great hire in Mitchell Allen as your VP of business development. What factors led to you choosing Mitchell? Is it uh, because you really look to GPEC as a best-in-class organization or just really Mitchell st- stood out or best or a combination of both? It absolutely is a combination of both. You know, I worked for Brick Weddle for a number of years when we were both in Orlando. And so I know that he had worked at uh, GPEC for a number of years. And then he was succeeded by Barry Broom, who was fantastic. And then Chris Camacho. I have the utmost respect for um, all three of those uh, gentlemen. And I think that they have just continued to run a phenomenal organization. And so, you know, of course, when I saw that Mitchell had applied, he, he was up there on my list and just did a fantastic job, knocked it out of the park with an interview, had, you know, my local partners also interview as well. And then, you know, I'm a former professor, so trust but verify, I test everyone. And uh, he just did a phenomenal job with this test and then, you know, really solid references. So all of the above. So now, now with you guys back on the road, with Site Selection Guild being the first event back, What's your blueprint uh, to get your your team and your staff back on the road to recruit companies? Well, we are ending our fiscal year next week. And so we just kind of finalized the first draft of our travel calendar for fiscal 2022, which will start at the end, which will start next week, of course. And it's a mix of virtual and in-person events. It's not as much as we previously had done and not as much travel as we previously had done. And that's intentional for you know a few different reasons, one of which being the fact that you know, previously, sometimes the first time that we had met with a company would have been after we had hopped on a plane and or crossed an ocean, right? And so what we're going to do is is much more uh, work on the front end, you know, through Zoom and, you know, just phone calls uh, and meeting with clients before we're, we're hopping on a plane necessarily. So um, your, your, your team is fully cleared to travel, um, no setbacks, and you're good to go? We are good. Awesome. So uh, please let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you and, and learn more about the Great Richmond Partnership, GRP. Well, sure. I would say uh, visit our website first and foremost. That is uh, grpva.com uh, or hit me up on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, Jennifer, I know you're busy. Thank you for taking the time and always good to catch up with you. Yeah. Thank you, Jennifer. Awesome. Really appreciate your insights. And I think the listeners will really benefit from it. So have a good one. Great. Thank you. You too. Thank you all for tuning in. You can find us on the web at www.researchfdi.com, on LinkedIn, and on Twitter at ResearchFDI. Tune in next week as we have another guest from the economic development world. 